the people who should have been in this man's place weren't the Galileans. He had already turned water into wine. Now he's did miracles in Jerusalem. They were there for that, but they haven't placed faith in his person. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we continue to look at John chapter 4 today. And Pastor, we may be talking to some listening today who have a pretty good idea of who Jesus is. They may even know the Bible pretty well, but they haven't placed faith in the person and completed work of Jesus on the cross. They don't know him beyond past a, an academic level. There you what go. would you say to that person who says, yeah, I, I know about Jesus. I know who he is. Yeah. What do you mean I need to have faith in him? In his finished work on Calvary, that the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh who died, was buried, and rose again the third day. That is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the gospel, the good news. He said, for I delivered unto you that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried, that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. I said to uh, uh, my assembly in which the Lord has given me the privilege of being the under shepherd, I said to them, how many of you know Michael Jordan? Hands went up all over the place. And I said, no, you don't. Yeah. What's his favorite color? Uh, What's his favorite food? Nobody could raise their hand, but uh, his sister is a member of our congregation. Huh. I said, there is one person in here who knows all of that. You know about Michael Jordan. Yeah. She knows Michael Jordan. Yeah. She has a relationship with him. And that's the difference. You can know some facts about Jesus, but have you had a personal relationship with him? Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Well, we're just getting started with uh, that kind of truth. So if you can join us in John chapter four, as we uh, hear the message from agonizing fear to absolute faith. Here is Pastor Ford. He asked him first and demanded second. I ain't giving up. Come on down to the crib. (laughs) Persevering faith. You know, matter of fact, I I listened to it this morning since I was going to talk about it. I listened to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony because I wanted to hear where it was going, see if I could pick up the transition. Because uh, most uh, uh, classical musicians say it is the best piece of music ever written. Now, here's what's interesting to me. Because those of you who know anything about Beethoven know he went stone deaf. Now, now, it was one hour, six minutes, and 51 seconds. Do you know I was able to pick up the transition of where he was stone deaf as opposed to being able to hear? Because the first part he could hear, the second part he couldn't. I didn't figure it out until I read the biography part that said that that was the icing on the cake. 
So all I did was, Brother Milton, I just said, okay, where does this thing make me want to jump out of this chair? And checked it out and said, wow, he wrote all that while he was stone deaf. How'd he do it? He can't hear. Let me tell you what he did. He cut the legs off of his piano, put his face to the floor, and felt the vibrations of the music that he was writing. You talking about not giving up. He could have said, I can't hear. If you can't hear, you can't write music. And that's the logic that sometimes we use. If you don't have the skills, you can't get that job. Who said that? Don't you know there are people that, that are, have more skills than you, more education than you, more wisdom than you, and uh, they don't have the job that you have, they don't have the spouse that you have, they got more money. They, they ain't got a pretty wife like you got, they ain't got a good-looking husband like you got. Amen. Oh, ain't no, oh, only one person say amen and she ain't got a husband. <laughs> I don't understand, I don't understand. Oh, no, that was the husband to come. You were saying amen about. Amen. And so, listen, what does it take to stop you? Look at your neighbor. Help me preach it. Come on. Say neighbor. Do you make excuses? Or do you make adjustments? Okay, so now, watch with me. Watch with me. Watch this. Now you have... It goes from a preliminary faith to a persistent faith to a practical faith. Listen to this. Verse 48, let me say it again. Then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Wow. Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. So these people were from Missouri. They said seeing is believing. And he said, no, believing is seeing. Uh, That we need to understand uh, that uh, these signs and wonders, what's a sign? A sign is a miracle with a purpose. It's not a miracle for a miracle. It's not a miracle because you need a miracle. It's a miracle for a purpose. I'm, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. And, and so what's a wonder? It's something that make you say, woo-wee, I ain't believing that. Wow, did you see that? So it's kind of like a pastor was trying to explain to his congregation member uh, defining a miracle. And he said, I don't understand. He gave him about 10 different definitions. And he said, I still don't understand. Pastor said, okay, turn around. He turned around. He said, bend over. He said, bend over. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he bent over and the pastor said, pow, kicked him hard. Oh, what'd you do that for? He said, did you feel that? He said, yeah, because if you hadn't, it would have been a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about it. I've shared it before, uh, but Pastor Milton brought it back to our attention when we were at a meeting about the African Impala. You remember him? The African Impala is only two feet tall. Yet standing, he can jump 10 feet straight up in the air. When he's running and jumping, he can jump 30 feet in the air. But yet any zoo in America can hold him by a fence that's only three feet high. Go on, holler it out, Brother Milton. Tell us why. He doesn't jump anywhere that he can't see where his feet's going to land. And too many of us are just like the Apollo. Uh, we don't go uh, from our strength. We go from our sight. We don't 
work from our potential. Uh, we look at what's practical. And, and so this thing was governed not by what they be, but by what they see. And you and I, we are not supposed to look at what we see. Second Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And, and, and so what, what's happening here? Man, uh, we need to understand, uh, you know, faith does not walk by sight because if it can be seen, it's not faith. What is faith? Let me give you another one. Faith is the present essence of a future reality. And so we walk by faith. And we must understand it's not a run. It's not a crawl. It's a walk. It's a walk. Now the question on the floor is, are you walking? Are you walking toward what God has told you he's going to give you? Let me get these last three real quick. Notice then. So it goes from a preliminary faith to a persistent faith to a practical faith. Uh, Here's the fourth one. A perceptive faith. Now, let me just explain this. A preliminary faith was in the power of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, this perceptive faith is faith in the precepts of Jesus Christ. Notice what he says. Jesus says, verse 50, Jesus said to him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoken unto him, and he went his way. The preliminary faith, that's the power. Yeah, we believe he can do it. Now he's trusting his word. He's saying, I believe the word of the Lord. Now remember, his first, his faith was demonstrated by location. You got to come. No, now all you got to do is say it. Now he understands not his wonders, but I depend upon his word. The question on the floor is, is his word enough? And so this man's faith is growing, and now where he wanted Jesus to come with him, now he's going just based on what, and you know what I noticed? Say, what you noticed, Pastor Four? It didn't take a whole Bible to convince him. It didn't take a whole book of the Bible. It didn't take a chapter of the Bible. It didn't take a pericope or a paragraph of the Bible. It didn't take a verse. Three words. Thy son liveth. And he started walking by faith. Oh, you ought not be surprised because we're going to get to it because John is going to talk about it in the fifth sign that Peter walked on water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but one word. Come. That's all he said. Come. And Peter said, all right, you name it, and I'm claiming it. And he walked on water. One word. That's all it takes is one word from God. So the only question is, do you have a word? Yeah, you want to wonder? Get a word. Who shall believe the report of the Lord? I ask you all the time, are you living by your situation or by your revelation? And I never expanded on it, but I said, well, you might as well. Are you living by your situation? All these things are against me. I'm always under the circumstance. What you doing under there? You know, it's like, no, no, no. All these things are against me. No, uh, I live by my revelation, not my situation. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Oh, well, the devil is greater than me. And no, no, he is not. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, I'm 
living a defeated life. Why are you living a defeated life when Jesus got the victory for you and said we are more than conquerors through him that loved us? I'm always being left out, left behind. Yeah. Oh, well, why is that? Because you're the head and not the tail. You shouldn't be. Who shall believe the report of the Lord? Well, I'm sick. Well, he's Jehovah Rapha. Let's keep praying. Let's, he didn't heal before. He's healed me before. We don't know why he wants us to continue going through this pain, but we're going to go through it and honor him. And when in his time, then we're going to shout when he sets us free. Amen. But we're not going to succumb to the sickness. We're not going to get under the, under the circumstances. We're going to keep praising them. We're going to keep believing them because they had too many times where the prayer warriors came over and they were praying and the pain left. And so we just got to believe what God has said. A perceptive faith. Pastor Ford really showing us the progression of faith, these six steps, and we'll continue these uh, six steps in just a moment here on Treasured Truth. I want to let you know that this program is entirely made possible because of your generosity. I know some of you have been listening for a long time and you get the way it works, but if you're a new listener, we're able to stay on the air because people give and support this not-for-profit ministry. Uh, we are able to bring you Pastor Ford's teaching each day because those who value this uh, regular spiritual input into their lives give a financial gift. And if you've never given a gift of support before, I want to encourage you to do so today. Just come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the link that says make a donation. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. Let me get a last two real quick. Now notice, now, 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 let me make a couple comments. I'm going to make a comment. Now watch this. And as he was now going down, Jesus said it. He started walking back toward the crib. He started walking toward his miracle. And the verse says his miracle met him. Because the servant said, well, man, we, man, oh, there you are. Because he was on his way. He wasn't home yet. He's halfway home, which is about uh, 13 miles, because it's about 25 miles from uh, Cana uh, to Capernaum, where he lived. And uh, they met him. Man, we're coming to see you, man, because your child was healed. You know what's good about perceptive faith? God will give you confirmation about it. As you're walking toward what God has promised, he'll confirm it along the way. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd have heard that, my gait would have gotten quicker. Yeah, because now, you see what I'm saying? Because I, there's an impetus now that met me before I was able to see what God has done. Now, I, I'm more encouraged. I'm telling you along the way, God does this all the time. He confirmed. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I didn't bring the check and you won't hear it again because I ain't telling the eight o'clock crowd because I'm saving it for another message that I'm going to do in this science series. But you just heard it twice. When we were getting ready to build this sanctuary, one of my elders told me, you are building this as a, a monument to your own name. And nevertheless, we only had a, a hundred in the sanctuary and three services. I'm killing myself. But, but you know, that don't matter. But God ain't told me that. And, and God ain't tell me. Let me tell you how he confirmed it. One of my teenagers came up to me and gave me a check and said, you said God wants you to build a sanctuary. I want to be the first contributor. 
And I said, ain't that sweet? That is so sweet. Now, whenever I use this again, I'm going to bring you a copy of the check. Because when I went back in the office and I opened the envelope, they had to come and resuscitate me. Because it was a check for $100,000. You don't think I started walking a little closer? To build that sanctuary? Come on, please. And then God gave me another confirmation. The man who was the architect said, I'm going to build it for free. And I could go on and on and tell you more. But now it's time to pay it off. And I'm still looking for God to do some stuff. And so what happens? Man, God wants to confirm it, and he'll confirm it through people. He'll confirm it through places. You'll hear things, and you'll, you'll you try to disconnect it, and God's trying to speak to you and let you know. Keep on walking. Keep on. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Hmm. Got to be like that young lady who said, Lord, answer my prayer. I know you can. I put these pants upon my bed. Fill them with a man. That's faith. That's faith. And so, perceptive faith. Now, watch this. Watch this. And then he began to inquire within the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth. Now, here's the next one and the next one. Let me give you both of them. Notice a preliminary faith turns into persistent faith, a practical faith, a perceptive faith. So a preliminary faith focuses on the power of Jesus. A perceptive faith, the precepts. Now get this. Now, what kind of faith does he have now? A personal faith. Because he gets saved. Now, watch this. How does faith grow? Often it grows from a comprehension of his power or dependence on his power to a dependence on his precepts to a total dependence on his person, which is what these are all about, his person. That we have Jesus. We say, just give me Jesus. Because when I have Jesus, I have everything I need. Mm. Now get this. Here's the last one. It's a pervasive faith. Your faith ought to be infecting somebody. Why do you say affecting? No, it ought to infect somebody. The fact that you believe and have such strong faith and God is honoring ought to make somebody look at you and say, wow, isn't that how he got there with the belief in his power? Yes, it is. Oh, why do you say that? Because, notice what it says, this was the second miracle done in Cana Galilee. It's really something to me that, 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 look at this, the people who should have been in this man's place weren't the Galileans. He had already turned water into wine. Now he's did miracles in Jerusalem. They were there for that. But they haven't placed faith in his person. Here you have a man 
whose faith progresses and he places it where it ought to be in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's pervasive. You want to know why? Because now his whole household is saved. They got infected. And they became believers. Now, a couple of theologians said some things, and I said, I wish I had time to repeat them, but they thought it was Chusa or Husa, uh, who was a, 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 a Gentile woman who gave to the church. If that's true, that's the, the rest of the story, uh, that it became a productive faith where they began to realize if he gave me salvation, the least I could do is support what he's doing. That's it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm done with this one. We're going to go on to the next miracle, the next healing in chapter 5. Uh, but listen, we need to understand uh, what Jesus has done for us and why we need to have this faith in Jesus Christ because he's the only one uh, that can save us. So then this sign points to the fact that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. So then what's the most important kind of faith? The faith to believe that he, the one who is omnipresent, grew in stature. Faith to believe that the Lord Jesus knows everything but grew in wisdom. Faith to believe that Jesus the creator became Jesus the creature. Faith to believe that he who was without sin became sin for us. That he didn't commit murder, but that he became a murderer so that murderers could be saved and walk by faith. That he never committed adultery, but he took the sin of adultery that adulterers uh, could be saved and walk by faith. That he never lied, but he took the sin of liars so that liars could be saved and walk by faith. Now, I ain't got time. I got about eight more, but I ain't going to walk through all of them. You know who you used to be. And don't ever forget, if you don't have a used-to-be story, it may mean you're still who you used to be. Father, bless the truth to our hearts, we pray, for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, I hope that you have a used-to-be story, but maybe as you've been listening to this broadcast, you realize that your life has not changed in the way that you'd like it to, in the way that Pastor Ford has been talking about, because you don't know the Jesus that he has been talking about. He's not come into your life in such a way that it's it's made a, a difference or an impact in how you're living out your life and having the assurance that you know that you're going to be spending your eternity with him. If that's the case, you'd like to talk with someone about beginning a relationship with Jesus, about knowing that He's forgiven your sins and that you're going to be with him one day, then I want to encourage you to call and talk to someone at this toll-free number. It's 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called From Agonizing Fear to Absolute Faith. And if you want to go back and listen to this broadcast or any previous broadcast in the short series again, You can do that by coming to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. And you can stream a program. You can download an MP3 or order a copy on CD. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.